What's up, lifers? It's Ricky Sergeant Benny, and we are back. Another episode of Life Through Our Lens. We have a very special episode today. Our first ever listener submitted episode idea. This one comes from our listener, Allie, loyal listener, self-proclaimed podcast connoisseur. And she wrote this in from the airport about airport travel and all the things that that comes with. And uh, I'm going home for the holidays. Benny's going home for the holidays. We figured, you know what? This is a perfect time to rip this one out. And uh, I understand Benny's working a lot and traveling a lot. And what you got, Benny? Man, I got a doozy of a story right away. It's uh, it's the epitome of travel, kicking the balls mentality. I, uh, I was away for work last week. San Diego is fantastic, by the way. If you get an opportunity to go out there, definitely check it out. So let's flash forward. I was there for a week. It's last Friday. I have a very early call in central time. I'm on Pacific time. So I am up early. My flight is supposed to leave at noon and it gets canceled at 7 a.m. Apparently there's a big snowstorm in Minnesota. Everybody, you know, six inches, really. That's a huge cluster trying to get your flight rerouted. So you can't call in anymore. It's just not a thing. You can't call customer service. It's like a four hour hold time. So the only option is to go in the little chat deal. And you just have to pray that you get a competent chatter back to you. So after about an hour and a half, they finally were like, yeah, we can get you on the 240. I'm like, phenomenal. Good, good deal. Like not happy about it because I wanted to get home. Not at like nine o'clock, but whatever. Better than getting stuck. To my chagrin, I, uh, and I'm still pissed about this. I get to the airport. Everything looks great. Weather report looks great. Minnesota's not getting totally hammered with the snow. Flight takes off bumpy as hell because there's like this crazy storm i don't know about you guys but even though i know air travel is safe turbulence still makes me a little edgy especially when i'm tired and uh we're about half hour away it's like it's like 7 45 i'm like great i'm gonna be tucked in by nine i'm freaking exhausted captain gets on he goes buckle up we're turning around it's the worst thing to hear on a plane hey uh, yeah you're gonna want to fasten your seatbelts just, you know, well, just to like get into that too, because like it got extremely bumpy after that. It just, you know, <laughs> no reason to calm the nerves for the, the galley out there. Just everyone's like, oh shit, you know, like everyone straps in real time. And uh, so, yeah, then he goes, we're, we're going to be rerouting to Denver. So I'm 25, 30 minutes outside of Minneapolis heading back to Denver. You're hovering over Mankato. <laughs> you can I, see the MSB airport from your plane, I bet. And they turn I you like- around. I felt like we were like on the descent and then they're like, nah. And then, you know, the pilot's like not saying anything. It's bumpy as hell. We're trying to turn around and the flight attendant comes on. He's like, yeah, we're going to Denver. We're not turning around and hovering. We're making an executive decision. We're going back to Denver. So. All right. That- uh, quick interruption. So maybe uh, one of our listeners, Joe Gromick could chime in. Why wouldn't you just fly to like Chicago or St. Louis, even literally anywhere else. Denver, Denver. what? (laughs) Like Des Moines. I feel like we were like Omaha. Like there's lots of options. I mean, the only thing that makes sense to me is Denver is a huge airport and maybe it's easier to reroute people. I don't know. That's the only logic I had in my brain. But either way, that was another like hour 15 at Denver. Then we land and getting off of planes are already stressful because everyone's shitting their jeans. And the people that had connecting flights are like, really? really eager to get off this flight. Where am I going to go? I'm going to miss my connection. So we get out and everyone's panicking and the pilot gets on the phone and he's like, yeah, uh, we're out of flight time. So 
we're not leaving till tomorrow. So everyone book a hotel room or you can stay in the airport. We're leaving at 6 a.m. I smartly, I've watched planes, trains, and automobiles. Thanks, Steve Martin. You're the man. Booked a hotel room right away. And I was like not getting screwed over and having to take an Uber to like an off airport property. And uh, the kerfuffle continues. I don't ever check a bag. I don't ever do it because it's. I'm trying to get in and out as soon as possible. However, I was gifted a nice bottle of wine and I brought that back. So now I'm headed to the carousel. And because it's a delayed redirected flight, you think it's going to be a timely fashion? No, no, not even in a perfect world. It literally took an hour and a half to get my bag. So then at this point, I'm like, I'm just defeated. I accepted the fact that like, it's just going to be a terrible night. Now I'm trying to figure out where the hotel is. It's on the airport property. And I'm like, great. You know, I'm like, I'll go get a beer. I'll like watch freaking sports. Not that bad. The line is down the escalator. It's it's people are everywhere because there was multiple flights that were redirected. The hotel is like maxed out. So it took me another hour and 15 minutes to just get to the front desk to check in. At that point, it's like 10, 15. I run upstairs, like toss my shit. I'm like, I need to go find something to eat. You think there's going to be line free? No, nope. Packed, freaking packed, jam packed. Can't find freaking food. They're like, it's an hour and a half at best. So I had a freaking like sweet potato fries is like a, that was the only thing I could get within like half an hour and a beer. Yeah. So (laughs) drown the sorrows away a little bit. I'm just, I'm tired again. And, you know, everyone who's traveling and shit happens, you're always exhausted. So you're on the freaking burners and you get a ticket on your phone. And I never have like a printed ticket, right? You got the mobile ticket, you put it in your wallet, whatever. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, great, there's no ticket. According to the app, I have been in Minneapolis for 12 hours. Oh, it just deleted off your phone. Just gone. So now I'm like, shit, it's 5 a.m. I'm supposed to leave. I thought I was going to like zip through. Nope. I get to the freaking like check my bag area. Packed. Everyone's panicking. I don't have a ticket. What am I? We're going to miss the flight. I got to get home. I got to. Everyone's shitting their jeans. I will say there was a there was a lady. She wasn't a nice lady, but she was an effective lady. And she ran shit that morning. She was like, everybody shut up. You're coming with me if you're on this flight going there and she's like got orange cones magically in her hands directing traffic and so no one had a ticket and people that still had their like actual printed one were getting rejected by security because they were like we don't have like you in our system we don't see that your flight is going anywhere so they're all rushing over now we have like 50 minutes to get on this flight and they had to force print every single person's ticket so i finally got it i got on the plane thank god made it home but I do know that like 20 people got snuffed and had to wait until like a nine or 10 o'clock next flight. If that had happened to me, I think I would have had a meltdown because I was, I was the tempers were tempers were flaring at that point with the, the no ticket situation. I've never run into that. Yeah, that is legitimately a worst case scenario that I've ever heard as, as far as airport travel goes. Cause I've never really run into anything like that. And Benny just had every, he had every red light on the way out. <laughs> Literally everything that could have gone wrong, went wrong. The only thing they didn't do credit to them is lose my bag. That's I got that going for me, which there is there nice. you go. Nice. So, you got the cherry on top. Yeah. Positive it's, vibes. It's the, it's the little wins, but <laughs> that's, that's so funny, man. You're just hotel plane delayed multiple times and then all you want to do is get home and you just can't everything was just a shit show flying in the winter is the absolute 
worst. You guys already know my sentiment about flying. All right. Well, yeah, just hearing that story makes me want to drink. And so that's a perfect segue into our the rest of the episode here. So, Benny, thank you for that. And uh, I am going to go on record saying an airport beer is the number one beer of all time. Doesn't matter what kind it is. Whoa. It's number one. Whoa. It's definitely up there. I am going to say it's the most expensive beer on the planet as well. But I don't think that even matters. Doesn't matter. Because typically when you're at the airport, unless you're Ben Miller, you're on vacation. And so that vacation beer at the airport, 17 bucks later. I think you're right, Ricky. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that statement. So do you guys normally get beers at the airport? I'm actually more of a mixed drink guy at the airport. Uh, more- drinks at the airport. Okay. So yeah. Still a drink. Yeah. I honestly... Unless I have like time to kill, I'm not like getting to the airport to get drinks. Unless there's like, you know, if I get there, I'm like, I got like 40 minutes, whatever, then I'll get a beer. Otherwise, I don't really care unless it's vacation. And there's like, again, there's time, but I don't go out of my way to get a drink. It's not like a a must do for me during airport travel. Is it a must do for you guys? Like, is it part of the like you're planning to get a beer? So you get there a little early to just like ensure for me absolutely yeah it's not a must but it's always like yeah i got 30 minutes here i'm gonna sit here at this bar and get a nice little buzz on that's fair when i was traveling for work at my last job it would it was always funny to me i was always i'd always like sit next to some random 40 year old man and just start shooting the shit and then actually the last time i traveled besides your bachelor party i went to jacksonville and this dude bought me a drink it was awesome just you know, shooting the shit, buy me a drink. He's like, all right, have a good one. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I got to pay it forward by next time I go to the airport, buy someone else a drink. Well, and the airport is literally, I think the only place on the earth where it's just okay to have a drink at any time of the day because everyone's just always traveling. There's no rules or regulations around three in the morning, have a beer. Airports have a little bit of that like Vegas mentality where it's just like anything goes. I mean, obviously except bad shit, but you know, drinking's acceptable <laughs> at all hours. And I will say airport beer is definitely a top. I'll give you top five, but I don't know if it's number one. So we can debate that at a, at a later, at a later time, but I'll give you top five for sure. All right. And I have, so every time that I'm at one of these restaurants, I just cannot help but think that it must, it takes a special individual to work at one of those places. Like, can you imagine, like, I can't think of a worse place to work than at a restaurant in an airport. No, because think about it. You probably have to go through security every exactly. single day. Exactly. Pay for parking. If you're, you know, run to people that, you know, maybe have their flight delayed, they're probably cranky as shit. Like, I'm just thinking about the commute. It's you got to show up at least 20 minutes beforehand to get through security, to get from your car into the airport through security just to get to work every day. Right. And then like your entrance. Uh, you work at Chili's and Chili's is at the other end of the fucking airport. So you <laughs> yeah. have to walk through all the different terminals. Are you kidding me? No. That does kind of explain why there's a lot of disgruntled uh, restaurant employees at airports. I don't think I ever thought about how shitty of a commute it was just to like get through. I'm just like, ah, they, they just magically appear. They have to have something to like get through quicker, but still. I don't think so. I don't. I think it's the law that you have to. I mean, maybe there's like an employee check line, but you're definitely got to make sure that you're not like armed and, you know, for sure, for sure. Yeah. If anyone works at an airport, please let us know. I'm 
we need to get to the bottom of this. All right. So we asked a few different questions on our Instagram and we got some very interesting results. And we're going to start with the, are you a carry on or check bag person? I know Benny is team carry on and it was a 70, 30 carry on being the 70 and check bag being the 30%, which I thought was interesting. And we, by the way, this was by, by far our most uh, voted, I guess, polls we've ever done by far, which is really cool. So people are passionate about this stuff. So it was 70% would rather check a bag or no, it would rather carry, carry on. on a bag. Team carry uh, on for life. I'm on, I, I check a bag all day long, baby. You're it, crazy. It, unless it, so the only time, like, I feel like airports are the busiest in the morning, right? Like those 6 a.m. flights, that's when it's a madhouse and you don't want to do that. But any other time, why would you lug around a carry on and throw it overhead or at your feet? Dude, you give it to them. You're, you're hands off, man. You're light, you're lightweight and go left and go right. The key little life hack for everyone, the backpack, you put one on for school for freaking 12 years or however long you've been going to school. Backpack is the ultimate carry on. Well, that's yeah. So just, just the backpack, no additional suitcase. Okay. Yes. Well then you're, you're a primo packer. You're on the platinum packing club of America. If you can fit all of your stuff into a backpack, roll, roll it on, go. Baby. roll yeah. that shit up. It's a good trick. More, uh, more space. Brickner, I think you're crazy for wanting to check a bag. So I do think that 70% of the listeners are wise individuals because they are team carry on like myself. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. If there's like a lot of shit, sure, check it back. But if I'm going for something that's less than like 10 days, I don't need that much shit. You just got to learn how to rotate your stuff. Plus, I am impatient as fuck, as you guys will continue to learn. And the more I check a bag, the more I have to wait. There's more lines. People are just, you know, rushing around. Like one of the worst people at the airport is the airport rusher. You know, they're rushing to get through security. They're rushing to get a beer. They rush to the gate. They're sitting there like half an hour, 45 minutes early, just like waiting to give that, you know, attendant their ticket. And then as soon as the plane lands, they're like, like they just got off the treadmill. They're just like pumped and ready to run down to their freaking carousel to get their bag and get an Uber. It's a shit show. So if I can avoid two of those, I'm doing all right. <laughs> At my uh, tender age of 30, I've realized the most valuable thing on this planet is time. And I will use that time not checking a bag to get the fuck out of the airport. Okay. When you land, your bag is to the carousel before you nine times out of 10. So you guys are saving 30 seconds. All right, uh, Ricky, let me ask you a very serious question. What are the chances of you losing your carry-on? Mm. Probably zero. Okay. Now, I don't know. I don't have any stats to back this up, but I think there's more of a chance to lose your check bag than there is your carry-on. Correct? I can, I can speak to that. Yes. I've lost. Yeah. I've had three times lost. Boom. Case in point. Yeah. Team carry-on. Like, if you're going to something important, you know, like a wedding or you need your shit, I'm never checking the bag. I like, I'm carrying on, I'm team carry on until I die. Cause they lose that back. You're fucked. What are you going to do? Buy a new suit. Then you got to pack that shit. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. So you just like crumple up your suit and put it in your carry on. Oh, I learned how to fold it properly to like put it in the carry on. 
Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, there's well, lots of little like hacks. I'm a big unpacking. roller and stuffer, so I, I'm not really sure. Uh, all right. All right, we're going to move on to our second yeah. question, which is whether you recline your seat or keep it upright. And Ooh, interesting. Yes. So this was a little bit tighter of a race. 36% of people do recline and 64% don't recline. Yeah, that and, seems about right. Yeah. And so what in just my personal feeling is if the person in front of you reclines, you have the right to recline. If not, you have to stay. You can do a, maybe a little bit, right? Not, not full recline. We're talking full recline here. 10%. Yeah. Five to 10% recline is, I think is well, okay. But that's like all the recline is it's not even worth doing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you move from sitting completely upright to like one degree back. Like half an inch. Yeah. It's equally as uncomfortable. I, I think you're, you said it as well as it could be said, Sarge. I don't think anybody should do the recline, but if somebody in front of you does it, it it's like it, it has to happen at that point. Cause it's just too uncomfortable. Then the freaking monitor is like right against your nose. Honestly, if, if, you recline the seat and you know, like you're watching a movie and you don't think about the person behind you. You're an asshole, big time asshole. Yeah. Work on your posture. Well, and I'm five, eight, so I could care less if someone reclines in front of me. I just don't recline because a, it's not even a recline and B. Yeah. You just don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't think it adds anything. It doesn't make you more comfortable. I agree. The recline move is, it's pretty bad. Not a fan of recliners. And let's let's be clear too. If if it's like a long, long flight, fine. Knock your socks off. We're on a flight for three hours. You got an hour, two hours to go. Go ahead. Give yourself a little bit of extra reclining. But the people that really grind my gears are like the immediate recliners. You oh. know that that the the Wi-Fi ten thousand foot people. The ding dong goes off. They pull out their laptop. It's like we're back. And they're like they're so amped to do it. That's just like they've been waiting the whole time. Ah, airport people. The recliner guy is definitely on the shit list. People annoy me, clearly. <laughs> All right. Life Through Our Lens is setting a precedent here. Only international flights you can recline. There it is. Fair enough. All right. Bam. All right. Now, our last poll that we did, which I think was the closest race, was would you rather sit in a window or aisle seat so 60 percent of people voted window and 40 percent voted aisle now brickner which which seat are you taking i'm window all day i'm like a little kid so i definitely just like to look out the window especially if it's like at night it's kind of cool when when you're landing and taking off and stuff and also if i really try just not to go to the bathroom on a plane like i'm not afraid of it but it's just like, I'd rather just hold it and not. And if you're on the aisle, anyone on your left or right's got to go. You got to get up and let them out, which is a huge negative. I'm an aisle guy. Me too. All right. So we had uh, uh, someone message us, Pete Zukanoff. He's got a, just a great point here. So he says, aisle on the way out to stay mobile, window on the way back when I'm hung over as shit to lean against the side. And I think that is... The perfect combo. So shout out, Pete. That was a fantastic DM. I felt like we needed to read that because I think that's the play. So a little Vegas, column A, a little column B. Yeah, I, I kind of like that strategy because if you're going, going to Vegas, you're pretty jazzed to be there. You're going to pee a thousand times because you're obviously having some airport beers. 
And on the way back, you got that barf bag ready to go and you're leaning <laughs> against the window. No, dude, I'm still in the aisle. I don't care. I'm, I'm trying team- to get in and out. Yeah, I, that is a crafty, crafty thing. The only other thing that I've I've done before is like I've if I'm like really damaged on the plane ride home, I've sat in the middle seat intentionally and I've you know, I break all my protocols because at that point, it's just, you know, you're just trying to survive the day. I recline and then I try to use the, the side seat as the headrest. Oh, it's That's, I've done. I've done that. Yeah. The other person's shoulder. Just like, you know, because they stay upright. You go back and, you know doesn't work every time that's the only time no but, that's you know, a veteran move and if you're hung over you just gotta doesn't matter rules don't apply yeah rules drop <laughs> <laughs> and the jet engine is like the perfect just nice nice sleepy time rock me baby i i'm team aisle seat because i i'm like my i'm like 20 percent torso 80 percent legs so i like to stick my legs out in the aisle potentially trip someone i don't know but I, I need that leg room because planes are not great for me. My knees are like in my face. I feel. All I'm right, Sarge. So, so on the leg room, are you an emergency row guy? Oh, absolutely. I, I'll they do trust the you. I know one time for sure. I was the emergency exit guy and I wore it with, wore it with pride. I'll Today, save everyone. Plane goes down. You're, you're saying this live on the podcast. You're definitely saving people. You're not just like exiting. I'm just going to say, you're going to want me at that door. I always wondered if you could trust the emergency real guy. They're like, they don't really ask you that much. Just like, hey, are you willing to help if needed? And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no one like, it's not like they're like, you got to sign an affidavit or anything. And all of a sudden, you don't know if you could trust that guy in the emergency room. What if he's a huge dickhead? And he's just like, no, I'm going to get out. You guys see you later. I don't know. Well, Sarge, that's good. That makes uh, anybody that flies with Sarge is going to feel very easy if he's uh, designated as the emergency man. You can count on me. <laughs> All right. And so, yeah, we got a couple more here. And I think if I asked 20-year-old Bricky this question, I'd probably have a very different answer. But are you guys just trying to find the cheapest flight available, whether that is layovers or not, or just doing direct flight? I'm always going direct. I don't know. For It used to be like if I was younger, I would try to figure it out but I've always flown so much that I just don't want to deal with layovers. It's always the worst. And especially in the winter, because, you know, you're flying back for the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's always weather issues. So like adding a layover is just an extra layer of shit that can happen. And you don't want to be stuck for hours. It's the worst. It's the worst. Or you have to leave the airport and come back in through security, which is even shittier. So I am going direct and I don't care how much it costs. I, I was just about to say that. I don't even care if it's $500 more team direct all day. Are you kidding me? No, I don't even want to. I've experienced like one layover in my life and that was going to Australia, but no, absolutely direct. What about you, Bricky? Oh, I'm direct. And I get like, I went and visited a buddy down in Corpus Christi last year and there is no direct flights to Corpus Christi, Texas. So there was a layover, but that's really the only time I'll do a layover as if it's just not an option for direct. I mean, at this point, I will honestly say if there's not a direct flight, I like my likelihood of traveling is just is decreasing significantly. I'm just like, it's not worth it. Like I'll just wait or I'll like search around for a direct flight because it's just 
It's a pain in the ass. I mean, you've talked so highly about airports and travel. I'm shocked to hear that from you, Benny. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's definitely the safest mode of travel and like the most convenient, but I don't know. At a certain point, I'm just give me in, give me out. But let's let's move on here, boys. Yeah. And so we had, if you went and listened to our first episode back uh, from our little break, the holiday horror story, you heard about the listener submission. They had a very bad Christmas, found out mom cheated on dad, so on and so forth. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. But on that note, we had another listener send us in this crazy story from 2016, and it is just too good not to read. So it's a string of tweets, and I'm going to read it here. Stop me if you guys have anything to add. All right, the tweets go. So on Monday, we're discussing blood types, and this girl was trying to figure out why her blood type didn't make sense on her Punnett square. And that's just the possibility of outcomes you can have passed down from your mom and dad, like recessive and dominant, right, Benny? Yep. That's just the simplistic way to put it. Um, So she told her professor her dad was blood type O, and her mom was blood type A, but she was blood type AB. The professor explained that's impossible, and she's confused about her blood types. He even drew out a Punnett square to show her. The girl was persistent that she wasn't wrong and was confident that there was something wrong with how the professor was doing it. The professor told her to go home, talk to her parents, just double check, because the information she's giving is just not correct. The girl comes back to class the next day and announces to the entire class of 243 people that her mom had an affair with her husband's brother. So technically, she's been raised by her uncle, not her dad, for her entire life. The mom hid it from both of them for 21 years. Oh! Well, I think the person that submitted the story last time is definitely feeling much better about their situation because this is a huge kick in the balls. I mean, there's a lot of lots to unpack here and I can't imagine who feels shittier in that situation. The professor, the actual student, the brother or the uncle, I don't even know at this point what to call who. Ah, that's a lot. I think the student that announced that to her classmates, it was her, right? Yep. You are the real hero like the fact that you just said that in front of everyone takes a lot of guts and i respect the shit out of that oh my god i probably want to said that like what about the professor dude can you imagine the professor he's like yeah like so like who screwed up which one of your parents was an idiot or had like their blood type wrong and she's like yeah actually like thanks for ruining my life they you know everyone's everyone's mad now thanks a lot teach (laughs) Parents are divorcing now. (laughs) Yeah, I can just imagine her like, you know, it's a big class. She's like the only one who can't figure it out. So it's turning into like this big deal. And the professor's like, all right, yep, just go back and check. She comes back, kicks the door in. You'll never guess. My uncle is my dad. I knew it. (laughs) Like, what do you think the mom thought about this? Do you think the mom, do you think the mom knew? I don't know. Cause that's like a note, like maybe she had no idea, obviously about the affair. Like, obviously it was a possibility, right? Yeah. But I wonder if she like legitimately knew or not, or just like kind of turned a blind eye and was like, Nope, the dad's the dad. Ooh, that's a, ooh, that is a good 
point there, Ricky. Because what, I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know if the dad and brother or whatever are actually brothers or not, but if they kind of looked like each other, you never would know. But if they're, you know, let's say it's a stepdad or whatever, then I don't know. Oh, they were brothers. They were brothers, brothers. And that brother, the uncle, the dad, whatever, the real dad is a scumbag. We, they're, they're brawling. Oh, they're never talking again. What do you think they're doing for Christmas this year? <laughs> Handing out food to the homeless. There's no other. I, oh man, that's who do you want? Who do you get mad at first? If you're the if you're the husband, like oh, good your point. brother, like are you mad? I think you're. I don't even know who to be pissed at. I think I, think I would you're... just flip out. I'd be like, I'm going to Australia. See you fuckers later. <laughs> Thanks you're for curb, nothing. <laughs> you're curb stomping both of them. <laughs> They're getting it. That poor girl and. uh well, holiday horror stories will continue to roll on because that that's a doozy. If anyone has a, a topper for that, I would be shocked because that's that's about as bad as it gets. All right, you ready to wrap it up? Yes, sir. So speaking of that, we want to hear more from you guys. We've been loving the participation we've been seeing and keep sending us stuff. Make sure to leave us a voicemail at 651-419-0885. And do not forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you hit the follow button. Downloads are great, but the follow button is what really helps us on Apple and Spotify. If you don't want to leave a voicemail, we always got an email. So lifethroughourlens00 at gmail. And be sure to check out our website as well, lifethroughourlens.com. And once again, thanks for listening and spread the word. Frickin' dirts. Take her easy.